0: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, all good. All good. It's, it's been a very chaotic week. How's yours been?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a short week here, so things go Oh, a yeah, yeah. You guys have your,
0: it's your holidays now, hey?
1: Yeah, and then been following the OpenAI story over the last few days. Have you been following the news on that one?
0: I wouldn't say following. I mean, I've kind of, you know, watched the, the odd little thing here, or the odd little thing there, but I, I, when I say I don't care, I shouldn't be that flippant about it. But yeah, it just it just feels like one of those orchestrated things that's good mm-hmm. you know if it was almost any other company in the world no one would care but because it's chat gdp it's like escalated or you'd care for like half an hour but you wouldn't you know it almost looks like a bunch of people had a had a couldn't sort themselves out so they fired one of them that's what it looks like and, uh, and i don't know what the real story is
1: yeah well then they're all going over to microsoft now i don't know you catch that
0: piece where yeah so i mean really, yeah. well i mean yeah so, so i mean i know all that stuff so, so maybe a bit okay. more serious about it so so what i what i read initially which which is probably the truth is that there's always been this issue an underlying issue where it's supposed to be a an open source non-commercial business that gets funding to build stuff to to, to make the world better but it's not supposed to make it not supposed to make a profit out of it and as much as that was the plan or the intentions that's not been really the plan. There's always been a, a mode to switch to become a commercial entity at some point. And I think that's where the the value clash has come in somewhere. And whoever it is mm. driving, whichever agenda, I don't know, I mean that's the part that's hard to figure out, has caused this, this exit. And that the exit has ended up with a whole bunch of people going to Microsoft is not surprising because Microsoft is probably the biggest financer at the moment I mean they put 10 billion in yeah um, hard to beat that yeah and I mean and let's be honest you know if, if they wanted to just hire a whole bunch of people they got enough money in the bank to pay whatever salary they like there's no you know and if such is making the call because he wants to he could do it you know quite quickly but who's to say it wasn't really a Microsoft business you know that you know that's kind of the hilarious part is that well you know, didn't didn't you? Didn't they fund everything? Don't they drive a lot of the R and D anyway? Isn't everything hosted in Azure data centers most of it? So, you know, people saying that they're going to go work for Microsoft is like saying, "Well, just give me a new badge, and I'll come work." You know, same. You can still do the same gig, same job. You know, because yeah. Microsoft would have, Microsoft as an investor would have access to all the source code. So,
1: yeah, I think they're about like forty nine percent of the company. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of
0: hilarious in that respect. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, and I'm not gonna say, it'll happen immediately, but in a period of time, open AI will just become less and less the brand and become more and more the Azure AI mm. thing. Yeah. That's just, that's. For sure. But that was going to happen anyway. I think that, you know, anyone who didn't think that was going to happen kind of has missed the movie because it's, you know, it's what always happens. Uh, IBM did it for years.
1: Mm. Speaking of, did you, have you seen a BlackBerry movie? No, there's a BlackBerry movie. Yeah, I think it's fairly new. I watched it on the plane a couple of weeks ago. It is, I really recommend it because these like big power moves just reminded me of some of the moments in the BlackBerry story, like when they were they had this like telecoms problem. I forget the exact problem. I think they were trying to like shrink the data packets or or they were trying to reprogram the Verizon Towers to I, I can't quite remember what technical problem they were going to solve, but they realized the engineers they had started with and bootstrapped with didn't have that expertise. So they were going out and poaching from Google and Microsoft and like all the big tech and video game companies to find these like niche experts, which is like part of what eventually got them in some hot water because they were doing some funny business with the contracts. But uh, yeah, anyway, incredible movie and I can't wait to watch the OpenAI Microsoft story one day, should it be. <laughs> I don't know if I'll we'll ever get to see that one because you know Blackberry, I think obviously kind of losing its not not being a big time company anymore means that we get to see behind the curtain probably a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I um I haven't I haven't seen it, but I, it's definitely what I would want to look at because if if I remember correctly, they bought Nokia. Oh sorry, man, you have Blackberry. I was thinking about Nokia as you were talking. That's why I was trying to rationalize in my head. No, I'll have to I'll have to go reset my brain on that one now because I was because I was thinking about Microsoft buying Nokia, and basically mm. just switching it off, which was really the worst thing they could have done. But that's not the same thing.
1: Oh, there's the Microsoft phone. That's a whole other. Or the Windows well, phone. What was it called?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was kind of where I was going was, was that the whole Microsoft phone piece, which they really missed the opportunity to to establish themselves in that market. You know, because it was really at that point BlackBerry. Sorry, it wasn't Blackberry. It was it was Android and, and iOS that were establishing themselves. Blackberry was still in there, but it really owned the enterprise market because no one really believed that the iOS stuff was secure enough because you couldn't put anything else on there because of obviously the proprietary lockdown that they have. And I remember when I was at JV Morgan, you know, to get a, to get an Apple phone instead of a BlackBerry was a huge achievement, like for the bureaucracy and the red tape and and whatever. And most guys actually just bought a personal one. And we used a product called Good, which was a secure email client. But I mean, going back to sort of the BlackBerry, I mean, I, and I had a BlackBerry for the whole time I was at Jay Morgan. And I actually think it was one of the reasons I was so depressed because I, it was a, just a terrible device. I don't, I don't get the, a, a lot of people say, oh, but you have a keyboard. That was the best part. i like, yeah, but you couldn't do anything else. You know, you, you couldn't listen to music. You couldn't watch movies. You could, you know, the iPhone 1, 2, and 3, even in those days. Was a great experience device, you know. I couldn't listen to podcasts. I had to carry another device to listen to podcasts because the BlackBerry was just so locked down and so so functional. that it wasn't it? Wasn't a great experience. So, um, did you
1: have, or did you deploy that kind of final BlackBerry version where they ripped off the iPhone and it was a screen? I forget what it's called, but that's kind of um, where the movie culminates.
0: No, no, no. I had. I think I had a Curve Two. I think that was the last one I had, and I, and I think I left to go to JLL at that time. I mean, and I literally, the minute I left, I got an iPhone. You need to watch this
1: movie. I think and you I never have a whole different appreciation for it.
0: No, no, no. your
1: experience
0: with BlackBerry. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I always respected what they did and always respected the tech and stuff. And what, like I kept saying to my boss at the time, I think, or someone, for, for what I do, I'm sending emails internally. I'm not a trader. I'm not a banker. You know, I, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, building an internal tool. It's not a security-related thing to that extent. Uh, like, I'm not dealing with client data. I'm not dealing, you know, any of that sort of stuff. So I should have had that because we had this protected app, you know, good. We we should have been able to just have our personal device and do it and, and use it. And, I mean, they relaxed a little bit over time. And I think it just became a, a like a trust and a confidence thing around the, the platforms. You know, if you think back to those days, I mean, you had BlackBerry. Android didn't exist yet iOS had just come out. So you had, you had the iPhone one, one and a half, I think was the second one. And then the first Android started coming out. And at that point, you had Microsoft Phone, which I actually used a Microsoft Phone for about, I got given one actually. I had one for about eight months that I played with. And it was actually very quirky. I'm trying to remember, like, there was little things that they did differently. Like, i really used the gesturing thing a lot. So you could, like, swipe up, swipe down, left, right. And those were tiles, like, very much like the Windows 8.
1: Windows 8. Yeah. My boyfriend yeah. had one. So yeah. I remember yeah
0: yeah so it was that and that was a nokia but i remember i said th- i think i had the iphone at the same time and the iphone was just so much simpler to use and i was trying to work out where Microsoft was going even at that point like where are you gonna go with this phone like this this phone is just not intuitive by any means
1: people hated windows 8 too so it's kind of like doubling down on the thing yeah. that people couldn't get into
0: Yeah, well, i look i never used windows 8 thank god i think i looked at it for what one day and uh, I was like, now I'll stay on Windows Seven. And, and Windows Seven still, to this day, I think is the best operating system. Just fundamentally, the best one. Uh, I bought my son a laptop now with Windows Ten on, Windows Eleven, and I'm actually scared to open it. That that's that's the anxiety that I've got coursing through my body when I think of working on Windows again. So, so yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting prospect because you know all his all his school stuff is all browser based, but he's really into a game called Farm Simulator. And he watches this kid and his dad play it on YouTube for hours. I say hours, he watches for like half an hour because he's on strict limits. But, you know, the, the thing that fascinates me is it's supposed to be a farm simulator, but they don't do any farming. They basically drive around this 3D realm and they just pull up to like locations and find new cars to go and drive. There's like no farming at all. It's just the most bizarre. <laughs> I mean, it. I sat with him the one Saturday watching and I was like, so CJ, do they ever actually farm? And he's like, no, no they farm this car. And then, they, then they try and ramp it. And, and like you can ramp and crash and you never get you never destroy the vehicle. So, you know, you just keep on going and going and going. And yeah, it's just a weird, a weird thing. Anyway, we digress. But I just thought it was quite a, quite a funny scenario.
1: I think I've seen some clips of, of that. I think there's different simulators, but yeah, that's funny. Well, so that's the, I guess that's the tech drama, the tech tea today. That's what everyone's been talking about. It's always it's it's so funny because I feel like the what everyone's been talking about has just been generative AI, with a lot of which centers around open AI and Chat GPT. So this is like a new thing to talk about, but it's still about them. So it's definitely still feels like the center of the universe right now, at least in, you know, tech.
0: Yeah, and and I think there's a I mean, that's why that's why I say I think it's exploded because, you know, everyone's still went. About- ChatDB almost every day still. I mean, you could, and there's hundreds of tools out there. I mean, I wonder how many of these tools are really unique as opposed to just white labels of the ChatGPT stuff. Because you know, even when we were looking to incorporate it in our product, I looked at a few other ones. And when I started really looking at them, I was like, but this is actually not much different. And the price is gonna be much more expensive because they don't have the, the backing to carry on. And you start making the decision like, which AI should I back because which AI will survive? will survive for long enough for us to do it but, but in the end it becomes just a service for us we just you know we pass the stuff we want we get the answer back so it is, it is a bit of a black box in some respects but you know you you, you kind of want that because you don't really want to like especially as a startup you don't really want to invest a, hell of a lot in the in the technology if it's already becoming commonplace mm. like a recommendation service there's there's no need to go and build a recommendation service because Microsoft provides a really good one and you can tailor and customize it and, and all the rest of it so there's no need to build one of those but the stuff we've built we we have built some stuff that i haven't seen a good one of so you know in that respect i think we're, we, we've made a good decision but 10 years time even less probably a lot of the stuff that you'd go build from scratch will probably exist because it'll just be it'll just be generated so yeah i mean what what's what's happening on the northern side of the of the pond are you seeing much activity on or- Any self-driving cars around, or
1: anything like that? Well, the city I live in actually has a self-driving like test area on campus, so it is a thing here. There's like a community around it, and I think there are a couple that roam the streets, but they might still have a a person in them, so they're around. Not a huge thing. I, I can't. Not sure what else is just kind of going on. I think things are slowing down a little bit generally, or it's getting into. The holidays—we're just mm. in the holidays for the rest of the year. I can't believe how things have flown this year. Still, kind of feels like we just started, but here we are.
0: It—it it definitely has gone quick this year. I mean, we've noticed that. From my wife's been in South Africa now for three weeks, and even that's gone quickly. Like, when she from when she left, it was like, oh, well, you know, we'll be on my own for two weeks. It's gonna be so long, but it's actually gone so quickly. Now she's coming back now this weekend, and I mean, then we're into December. Like, it's not even not even blinking in in December, which is just crazy. Yeah. I wonder what the gadget of choice would be for Christmas.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything really radically different. I'm sure someone like Wired or The Verge has a list out there. Latest latest phones, latest watches.
0: Yeah, but do you, I mean, I, mean, I don't know what your, what your feelings are, but I, like, for me to go buy another phone right now, I just, I don't need one. I mean, the only yeah. thing I'm really interested in is getting rid of all my different cables. So I don't even know if the iPhone 15 has got the USB-C on. I meant to look at that actually the other day. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let's see what it says. Because, I mean, my phone's fine. I mean, the battery's not great, but I'm at home all the time. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's just going to really survive, like, when I go to gym and back. Or go for a walk. Like, a walk to the high street or something like that. But, you know, that's... I mean, I, I definitely notice, like, if I go out during the day, like, I take the kids out now. It's the weekends, my battery's dead if I don't charge it in the car while we're driving. It's like still like, it's like 50% by two hours later okay yes i'll use it while I'm at gym to listen to music and stuff but it really doesn't last so you're constantly charging it but other than that the phone still works you know fairly quickly battery but
1: replacements aren't that expensive i don't think if you just wanted to do well
0: just a battery that upgrade.
1: piece yeah.
0: yeah well you see that's yeah because that's the thing is that i mean if you because i was thinking about replacing because i get an upgrade every every year on my contract and then i was thinking well now if i go ahead and change the phone then I'm going to have to go and change all my adapters. So I've got like this cute quad lock that I use in the front of my desk. And and that, you know, is helpful because I can just put the phone in front of me on its on its side. And now if you've got this, if you go it on its side and you lock the screen, then you've got a display. It'll like give you the your calendar. You can see your agenda, which I find quite useful because then I don't have to go and find Outlook and open Outlook to have a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, th- so this new one has got the USB-C. So that's probably the only reason I'd upgrade which is such a stupid thing but that's probably the only reason
1: phones are all the same anymore that I kind of the Blackberry movie gave me a little bit of nostalgia for that form factor difference
0: well well that yeah because that was the thing is that you really you know you were upgrading because you wanted whatever it was you know it had better okay obviously there's better chips still that's still they're still coming and and all that stuff but like there was that thing that you needed there was NFC there was you know where they went away from having the headphone jack making them waterproof or water resistant you know, there's more AI stuff built in on the edge now, which is obviously relevant. But, you know, I don't think there's much difference between my 13 and, and the 15 from that point of view. Like that I would actually care, you know. Unless unless you're going to have the, what do you call that, the headset?
1: The Maxes, the, like, the AirPods?
0: Yeah, well, the Apple, the the Apple, Apple um, <laughs> AR, AR VR headset. I mean, oh, a Vision Pro. Yeah, so, so that might rely on a better phone. But again, do you really need it? So, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I know you can get a plan with Apple where you pay—I think it's sixty pounds a month or fifty pounds a month—and you can just replace your phone anytime. Let's get the new one; just trade it. Which sounds like not a bad deal, but actually, if you do the math, it's a pretty bad deal for you. But it's, if you're one of those people that always has to have the latest phone, then yeah, it makes it makes sense. But that's more of a—it's yeah. not a need; that's a—that's a want.
1: No, for sure. I think last time we spoke, you said something about how apple devices they last a long time but when they fail they sort of fail quickly and spectacularly um, <laughs> so that that rings true from my experience and i think it's happening to my laptop and i don't want to admit it because i just don't want to go out and do the research and get a new one for it i mean and it'll be mostly the same but just a newer experience
0: well look i mean I, so i mean i had the when you were in south africa last time i bought the the macbook Air m1s my wife and I. And at that stage I had a MacBook Pro as well that work gave me. So I didn't need the MacBook Air, so I got rid of it. And then when I left them and I needed a computer, I just used my wife's one because she wasn't using it. She's still not using it. Just sit on her desk. But I, I noticed very quickly that the M one Air was not good enough, like for what I do. So I had to take the plunge and buy the the M two Pro. But I haven't looked back to be honest. My biggest issue right now is screen real estate. So I really want to mm. get like one of those nice curvy screens that fills the whole thing. Because right now I've got two of them between my, and my laptops in the middle. And it's fine, it works, but I've had to, because of the width of the arms that I've got for the, the screens, I can't, I can just fit the MacBook Pro in the middle, but it's not good. Like you can't get the angles right and the screens don't flow. So I've had to turn one screen screen vertical and the other screen horizontal, which is fine generally, especially if you're looking at like a long web page. But what i find with and this is where windows has got a, a, a plus on on mac and even with some of the apps that i've got to try and mimic this when you drag something on windows into a screen and it locks in and it docks and then it fills the screen it does that so well what you it, so i don't know if still does but when you do it on a mac and i use it i'm using an apple magnet and i drag something it gets confused it doesn't know where to actually put the block so all I want to do is take my, like I've got Teams now, I want to drag it across to my, my vertical screen, hit on the top, and then expand to fill the whole thing. But I've got to fiddle with it every time. And then if I'm using like Outlook, for example, and Outlook, it just blows my mind. If I drag Outlook into my vertical screen, it will not lock and, and dock to that corner. I get like half it in the vertical and the other half on my actual laptop screen. So you can't actually use it because it doesn't know. The way they've built it, it's almost like they've hard-coded the width of things Mm -hmm. inside the Windows. You can't change them. So I'm stuck having to put Outlook on one of my bigger screens. And what I really want from Outlook is to look at my mail. So I end up using the Mac mail as well. Mm -hmm. That creates the synchronization issue. So it's just those little things that you think you can, you know, all it ends up is you keep buying more stuff to solve more usability issues. So I'm resisting. And I'm trying to do other things. Like I'm trying to use my iPad for email sometimes, and that's why having the phone in front of me is actually being quite useful because I can turn it vertically and I can see my agenda, and then I kind of ignore my email till I'm bored, or I've run out of steam, and then I need to do something, something else to change the pace, and then I go through email.
1: Yeah, you know, works. I'm just imagining your your setup here with all of the various devices. <laughs> yeah. like no. Inspector Gadget.
0: But you know, I think some of is boredom. Mm. Like, I wouldn't say boredom, but like, mm. you, you know, we're so busy with work stuff, like whatever, that you yeah. almost need, you need a distraction. So you start inventing problems to solve to avoid doing the piece of work you have to do. It's like, oh, I need to I, I, I optimize, optimize my work? workspace? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I put up whiteboards. Now I need, you know, whatever else it is. But it's quite funny. With all the tools that I have digitally, I still go back to a whiteboard and a pen and paper. Can't shake it.
1: I feel that. I have a pen and paper next to me now. Gotta cool. take notes. It Sorry, is time, knew, though. Knew, yeah, I'm sure you need to go. I need you <laughs> out. All <Alrighty. laughs> Good way. chatting. Good see yeah.
0: to see you both. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.